Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Skill Borderlands. I was never a fan. You were. The movie whoa, now whoa, exists. Whoa, what, the, what the hell? You? No, 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 You can't just start off with such a massive sweeping statement Coming saying Borderlands. You're not a fan. No, I'm what, not a fan. You, you are. You've no, always been a fan. Why are you not a fan? Why well, I, I just did never, never click with me. I mean, I tried Borderlands one. I didn't like the feel of it. I tried Amazing Borderlands game. two. Amazing. I, is game. it? I tried Borderlands 2 and I was I like the art style, but I wasn't that bothered about the humor. And I didn't like the way it moved. And then I liked the way Borderlands 3 moved because they put a no, slide no, 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 in. No, 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 no. You got it all wrong. <laughs> Borderlands 3 is the worst one. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? We, are, we couldn't be more passing ships in the night right now. This is ridiculous. <laughs> She's passing so, ships in the night. You've you made my cannons. blood go all fizzy for like five seconds into the podcast. <laughs> I go away. That's what I do. I, this is why I take so long to I go away between episodes. I calm down. I come back and immediately fizzy. <laughs> it goes into a little padded room. You make sure he's all okay to come oh, back out again. Blimey. It's okay. uh, yeah. I mean, look, we, me and you did a chatty face on it years ago. I was like, I, Borderlands weren't for me, but I, I, you were I big find fan. that absolutely incredible because of the fact that Borderlands Two is probably one of my favourite games. Uh, yeah. Like, just because I have such good memories sitting down, couch cult, my friends, the writing team, especially from stuff from Anthony Birch, is just fantastic. So many good characters, so many memorable moments, and yes, the comedy <laughs> is a bit dated in terms of it's like, wee, look at us being wacky kids. Yeah. Like, I understand that, but Handsome Jack as a villain is one of the all-timers. Absolutely brilliant. So I'm told. I mean, I like Claptrap. I like I like Jack Black's Claptrap the, at this right, point. Right, okay, the but... fact that you like Claptrap <laughs> is another thing that we will disagree on, but let's stay focused, remind people who we are, what we're yeah, doing, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then we'll talk about Borderlands. Yes, so this is the entire part of the podcast, the UBP, the UBP. The, the UBP. UBP! I'm Scott Hilford, that's Jules Gill. Hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. And we always take people's questions, talking points, whatever's going on in the industry, which is to say there's a Borderlands movie trailer, and we have a question from Toby Lerone, who I initially thought was a phenomenal name until I realised it's Toblerone oh, is what he's done there. No, to- to- Toby Lerone is, is definitely the one. <laughs> hey, it's me, Toby. <laughs> like, it's me, Toby Lerone. Unless he literally is called Toby Lerone and I've just made fun of his name, in which case I, I hey, apologise. we've not but... made fun. We've accentuated how cool it is to have it's a true. name like that. Good on you, Toby. Right, um, the let's talk about this Borderlands movie, my friend, yes. because... He also I, says, why have they shrunk Roland? But I don't know what that means. Well, it's because uh, Kevin Hart is short. That is what they're saying. <laughs> that is, literally is. It, that's the joke. And like, fair, fair. it's very, very strange to see a live action cast appear maybe around 20 to 30 years older than the characters that they're playing. The it's like a tiny weird. teenager, obviously. But it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a very odd vibe, but something that you just need to get on board with for any live action movie. Now, we'll mm-hmm. speak about the positive first. 
I think that Jack Black was born to play Claptrap. He has a voice tone that is so instantly recognisable. He is a comedy genius. I really like yeah. him as a person. I think that he's just like very, very funny and wholesome. And he can be that perfect balance of annoying yet still being funny and that's what claptrap is in essence mm-hmm. so fantastic the visuals mm-hmm. of the film look pretty good the uh, the the <laughs> i thought that the over-reliance on the car was a bit weird i was just like right. cool it's nice to see elon musk's cyber truck appear a lot yeah. because it's just a big block on wheels mm-hmm. um guns this is like another suicide squad movie yeah but then th- that's where it all went wrong at that point there <laughs> when i basically yeah. was like from the makers of uncharted then it was like, uh, what, what was the other two films that they popped up there? Was oh, like, God, I did other video game movies. Uh, yeah. It was basically like two other movies that I was like, uh, and then uh, like that. And then I was like, <laughs> I just know exactly what this is going to be. It's going to be their version of Guardians of the Galaxy because that's all films can be at the moment. Uh, it feels like uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy is like a genre now. Like yeah. we've had like where the Guardians movies, all three of them, there's two Suicide Squad movies and yes. now this. And it's like the way the trailer's edited, the way the font is, the jokes, everything else. Like it, maybe it'll be completely serviceable and fine, but it just made me think like you've done a one of them. But we can't blame it because Borderlands was effectively doing the Guardians of the Galaxy shtick before it was even on the market. Mm. It, it, it was about four like ragtag people all coming together, spitting off one-liners and doing silly jokes and then doing something really corny. It's like, it, yeah. it is that in essence. They've like actually captured the the weird energy that the games have. The mm-hmm. problem is, is that applying it to real life, I don't know, it just, it feels a bit soulless. Like, Roland as a character is quite gruff and level-headed, and I Mm. like that. Getting notorious comedian Kevin Hart to play him (laughs) seems like a strange choice. I assume he'll just be Kevin Hart as well. Yeah, and like Kate Blanchett playing uh, Lilith, it's like, it's one of those things that sounds good on paper until you see it in real life, and I just don't... It's weird. I don't feel that there's a lot of energy coming from that role, and it's hard to judge in a trailer, but it's meant to be Mm. the best bits. It's meant to be the reason to get you hyped about it, and I just Mm -hmm. walked away going like... I'm actually probably going to just skip this film and wait for it to really? come out. I, I'm not right. that fussed on it. I'm just, bleh. I feel like it's because it's been in production for ages. Like I remember it, it was cancelled and, and it was in production for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if um, if the cast changed over time because the cast is weird, like potentially in a good way because it's getting everybody talking. And I trust like most of the people in that, like as individuals, like Kate Blanchett is a phenomenal actor. Like yes. there's uh, everyone in there is phenomenal at their craft. I just never ever would have expected Kate <laughs> Blanchett as Lilith. I, but like I guess my reference point is I barely have played the games anyway. Uh, getting Tiny Tina in on the squad is an interesting interesting choice for sure because mm. she is so utterly memorable throughout the game series mm-hmm. that it's going to be really hard to transpose that chaotic energy over there mm-hmm. and it's actually kind of a shame they didn't even potentially consider Ashley Birch who voiced her in mm. the games as the role because she is an actor that does crazy, like, like incredible work. She would have so been perfect, like, yeah. Yeah, I feel like if that is the character, then why not have the character play the character? But then it's always the same thing. Like, people are saying, why didn't they get the original voice actor for Claptrap to come back? Because mm. it's just a voice acting role, so would have fit in perfectly. At the end of the day, they've got their big names because big names equal big money. It's bums yeah. and seats. That's, that's the, what it is. Vin Diesel and Guardians movies, it's like, it's Vin Diesel saying one line. Exactly. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, whatever. But it, It's a strange one because it feels like the corporate slime has 
has kind of wiped <laughs> over this. But I don't want to be too harsh on it because it mm. may turn out to be a brilliant romp. Like I judged um, the original Jumanji um, film uh, by thinking it was going to be a rubbish film. Oh, and really? I okay. went and watched it and I was like, well, I'm actually thoroughly impressed with this. It's, an it's, old a, it's not, it doesn't feel the same as the original Jumanji film, for example, but it does. Oh, the actually, rewrite, yeah. It, it does feel like a good film, like overall. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, I am making this reference because Kevin Hart is in both. <laughs> I think there's a way for it to work and like yeah there's a way that it's just a fun sort of summer blockbuster type thing mm. but we're in a weird era with movie adaptations like I didn't even mind the Uncharted movie I like the set piece at the end of it I thought Tom Holland was fine enough as like young Drake but none I, I, of those have flown yeah. me away I feel I feel like video game adaptations in general are just hard to do because you're yeah. taking like a 50 to 100 hour campaign in some cases and you're boiling it all down into like an hour and a half to two hour experience mm. so you've got to tell the best bit but you can't tell too many of the best bits because people aren't familiar with the character. So you've got to spend yeah. half of the film introducing who you are. You're going to spend the rest of the film <laughs> setting up your main villain. And then you've got to pay off with that. And so it's it, you can't hit all the highs that a game does because a game has the freedom to take mm. in much, much longer time to get you acclimated to stuff. Do you think they'll end on a Handsome Jack reveal? Or is he in there somewhere? Some post-credits thing or something in there? Well, it's it's a tough one with this because they definitely will want a sequel bait there. And yeah. Handsome Jack is a big draw for the series. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine that it's either that or Brick and Mordecai, who were the two original Vault Hunters that haven't been included in this this party, uh, okay. maybe make an appearance to be like effectively like, "Hey, Knuckles, it's me, Sonic." Right, sort of right, like, like that sort of vibe. <laughs> It could be done. Question from Matthew McGowan, who says, I don't have a question, but they just announced Trivium and Bullet My Valentine's Tour, playing Ascendancy and the Poison in their entirety. Hashtag 2005. <laughs> yeah, I know, I right? I'm this. so keen for this, right? <laughs> and I said this to her because I think I saw the tweet response to this when I was in the car on the way to uh, the climbing center and I said uh, to Kerry, I was like, oh, trivia man, um, doing this. and I think that she went, ew, like that. And I, was, and I, was, and I was like, yeah, there is like, I, I think that the poison for me, was like a seminal album. Like oh, I dude, was totally. proper in the greeby emo stage. Yeah, like, well, I had a great time with that album. Like it was so mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and like, um, but uh, ascendancy as well. There's some belters on Ascendancy that Ascendancy is an all-timer. And the Poison is an all-timer as well. But, like, my thing is, Trivium one of my favourite bands. Like, I think they've had a lot of ups yeah. and downs. They've went with different producers who have led them astray. That that album with David Draymond that was all over the place. Uh, yeah. Like, they've gone all over. They're in a really good place now, and they've been on a great run for the last few years. Um, and, like, yeah, like I said, overall, I think their body of work is far, far... It's exponentially stronger than, than Bullet's body mm-hmm, of work. Mm-hmm. Um, because Bullet, for me, was, like, love the Poison. I liked Screaming Fire at the time. Oh, Fever it was, was it rocky. Was, it was them basically going like oh you know there's not that much money in emo anymore let's go stadium rock like Kinda. that was them just going like look i just want to sell out stadiums let's there's go. just so much metallica in screaming fire yeah. there's like specific riffs and and, yeah. and things there from master of puppets but either way like the nostalgia play i guess will work i think that like it's i don't know like i grew up with but we both grew up with both of these bands and so like it'll be fun for the, just for the sake of a point in time that they're actually doing something together uh, what do we know what dates they're doing here in the uk Oh, there is a, yeah, there is a poster. Like, it's I'd like, go. Yeah. I go. If, if, if the money wasn't like ridiculous, I would go for the just yeah. nostalgia act on there. But you're effectively watching um, lads that are around our age, maybe a bit old. Yeah, than older, us, I think. Um, basically just like smashing out the greatest hits. And that will be fun regardless because we yeah. are like growing up with that. But I wonder, well, I mean, if, I think... wonder if we're going to have that self-realization moment of looking at them. They look at us. 
you do a little <laughs> nod to them. They do a little <laughs> nod to you because they're both tired. And then they just like nod to the side and it's just like a little like hot water bottle and a cup of, cup of like green yeah. tea. And you'd be like, do you want to just sit down for a bit? Do you want to just chill for a bit? And he's like, yeah, actually, thanks. That'd be great. I'm going to read my book, actually. I mean, I, I love sitting down for a bit and, and reading a book. So I think like there's a thing is like Trivium stuff, Trivium's body of work, Ascendancy has aged a lot better than, but than The Poison. Yes. Like a lot of those lyrics. I, the Poison's a phenomenal album, but if you go lyrically, Matt Tuck having to sing that stuff now in his 40s or whatever. Uh, but it's, yeah. I can't even think of specifics, but I remember the last time I went through The Poison going like, oh, these these lyrics are, are quite bad. Well, and it's, they, we, it's you know. the same vibe as when um, Blink came back because it's mm. like that new album, don't get me wrong, I've had a good time with it. I've listened to it on like a fair <laughs> amount of times and it's got yeah. some absolute bangers in. But mm. it is never not going to be weird like hearing those men in their 40s and some in their 50s talking mm-hmm. about how girls are stinky and, and <laughs> I, I want to sleep with, with, with the, the girls at the party. It's like, dude, if On you came to my party, I would cancel it because it's sad now. <laughs> yeah, you'll become the old dude in the club. Yes, like, like let, it, let it go, my friend. I think there's like... like learn that it is okay <laughs> for the big light to come on in your life. Yes, I think, yeah. I mean, I think it's like there's a way for like almost pop punk to be this like stereotype, this sort of cartoon version of itself mm. that you can tap into and have fun with but if you play it straight or you play it sincerely it, it starts to really not work at all I think that was the issue yeah. with the not the most recent but the one before's Bullets uh, Blink's album um, but yeah we will see uh, what happens with that <laughs> question from you done messed up Aaron who says one crucial question who will you date in Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth Oh man, because we are talking about the the gold sorcery scene, aren't we? The yeah. saucy scene, the saucy um, scene, in which you will get the date. And in the original game, you had the choice of Aerith, Tifa, mm-hmm. and yep. Barrett, wasn't yep. it? I now, think, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely those three. I think maybe also Red, but I could be wrong. Oh, yeah, you may maybe that's right, what they've actually. added in the new one. Definitely Aerith, Tifa, and Barrett, though. Okay, well, I mean, I they've added everybody in the new one, though. For me. Like, unfortunately, mate, I know you're a Tifa, like, yeah. uh, Stan. I know you are. But yeah. for me, it's Aerith. I just, I I wouldn't ever say that she's my first gaming love because that will always go to um, bloody, oh, well, I say this, I've gone <laughs> up on it, from Mass Effect. Uh, is it Tali, 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 Yeah, Tali's in Mass Effect For some reason, I started saying it and thought I was getting it confused with Talia Al Ghul. Tali Zora is from Mass Effect. Yeah, so from Mass Effect, always my love. But this... Is a close second, I'd say. Right, like Aerith predates Tally by a considerable yeah, amount. Yeah, I know, well. I know. I didn't love anything in between then. A zero love, <laughs> zero love in my life. So you're going Aerith? Yeah, I'll go Tifa for story-related reasons that I won't go into because a lot of people are about to find things out yes. now that they're playing through the remix. Um, but I'll be, I'll be going Tifa. I love Tifa. Um, question from Josh Sloan who says, "Question for Jules. My wife and I are trying to go vegan more, but we're finding it challenging. Can you provide us with some inspiration or guidance to help us adapt more to this diet?" Oh, I tell you what, it's actually turning into a bit of a tough time. Uh, for the yep. old vegan Easters um, because there was like a big push a couple of years ago back when everything was going like meat-free, meat-alternative products and mm. uh, life was good, life was golden. But <laughs> now because of like uh, the, co- the the living costs going up you've got um production costs going up a lot of companies are actually pulling out of the market because there is Mm. such slim margins to make on it so it's like why would we differentiate our product line when it's easier just to drill down on just two or three big sellers and Mm -hmm. sadly we've seen quite a lot of stuff go so my advice to you is maybe don't even look at the meat alternatives just yet find joy in trying to do stuff with vegetables first and then you'll Mm. have like once you get that base level sorted you'll find that there's so many 
recipes and dishes out there that don't even rely on that sort of stuff. Like you won't feel like you're transitioning from being a meat eater to a veggie or vegetarian. You'll just be going to a completely different diet and learning to love that sort of stuff there. Mm, like mm -hmm. I will say hands down, my friend, learn to love roasting vegetables. It only takes mm. like 30 to 40 minutes in the oven and you get absolutely banging results. I've been basically going on a roast quest um, with <laughs> Kerry recently. And uh, the other That'd day I did, for a game. I did, <laughs> yeah, I did um, uh, sweet paprika leeks roasted leeks uh, on a on a miso and uh butter bean oh, uh, like spaghetti effectively oh, was, he's saying this on a friday when we're we're coming into the, the lunch period um yeah that's a really good shout i feel like uh, ever since i saw that you can just swap out i'll probably get this wrong but like burger type stuff like portobello mushrooms yeah, yeah the yeah. idea of like like i said full veg uh diet is a really good shout i think you'll always feel a bit fresher and healthier as well there's less fats and stuff in you and it's like not that i can talk i eat all the fats but i feel like every now and then when i don't i do feel better i feel lighter oh feel, yeah definitely uh, fresher like, it's, overall. It, it's just like that the meat cheese carbs like it does taste <laughs> great don't get me wrong yeah. that's like it's fantastic but you do feel heavy and quite yeah. like sort of like bloated and a bit sluggish afterwards. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're carrying it with you for the rest of that day. But, the, but um, the biggest advice I can give you is, is that like, if you are struggling, if you are going there being like, I can't do this. I just want to eat a bit of this. Like, mm. It's okay to have a uh, a small relapse like on food and stuff. That is fine. <laughs> don't be so militant on it that you don't enjoy food. Food is there to be enjoyed, my friend. We suffer enough in our lives, so try and take some joy where we can. Yeah, man, definitely. Question from Brett Murphy, who says, "What do you lads feel is a game that goes vastly underappreciated? Mine would be mine would definitely be Bioshock Two. Not as good as the Agreed. original or Infinite, but still a fun time that further expands the lore and explores more of Rapture. Cheers to all. I know you're a big Bioshock Two star. Oh. I've never even touched a frame of Bioshock 2. Honestly, man, it goes Bioshock 1, Bioshock 2, and then everything else, because I honestly enjoyed Bioshock 2 so much, and I love the fact that I am now living through the period of people reappreciating and reevaluating <laughs> this game, because I remember when it came out, people were like, oh, it's just more of the same. I'm sorry, more of the same quality, high writing, and amazing like uh, visceral combat and plasmid stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry you dislike this amazing game. Mm -hmm. um, it's it, In my eyes, it is far superior to Bioshock Infinite and I know that there are going to be Ooh, people annoyed by that but it's just because it wasn't we captured it where the action had been refined the uh, Minerva's Den DLC is up there as one of the best Bioshock experiences hands down mm. and it hadn't the series hadn't gone up its own ass talking about like multiple realities and tears and stuff and trying yeah. to do too much to sound too clever for its own good so mm -hmm. I'm totally totally I actually went went back through Infinite um, the other week because my wife hadn't played it so we played yeah. back through it that game like you said in the back third completely it becomes like an episode of Lost so it becomes the yeah. architect scene at yeah. the end of uh, The Matrix which I can go for but at the same time it does shift gears so much Elizabeth is a completely different character for the last yeah. 20 minutes of that game where she starts talking like this everything has a purpose I know, and it's, whatever. It's, it's almost like um, <laughs> the game was written in two halves and had tons mm. of stuff cut out in the middle isn't it it's just like, <laughs> like when you get to that Lady Comstock boss battle for the third time I believe that it is you just yeah. sit there and you realize what that game is it is just heavy stitching between somebody's psychology and um uh like uh what, what's the word i'm looking for uh, there's like a there's like a, a higher thought degree that's going on there that people just want yeah. to basically go look i i'm a big thinker i can talk about uh like chaos theory it's like cool but <laughs> now like you've got a university but, but a probably uh, problem is you've got to dumb it all the way down so that people can actually understand what you're talking about and thus the message is lost it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves 
feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Yeah, Levine's thing is always like, oh, I can do brains and brawn, but they do get in the way of each other when, like, you're trying to make some sort of gentle point yeah. about the, you know, general Which is why I'm worried, about, I'm worried about Judas. Like, I want right. I want to love this game because um, it's, people are just saying it's Bioshock meets Five Nights at Freddy's and, it, it, like, amusement park <laughs> things. And, like, you know what? I'm kind of there for that. Sounds, like, quite fun. Okay. But the problem with it is, is that if we start going in with these high concept things and we don't have the strength to back it up, then we're just going to end up with a whole like oh did you get it it's like yes ken i did get it because unfortunately for you you're not subtle <laughs> the thing is like it's been uh 11 years since bioshock infinite and yeah. it's like judas apparently was like delayed and pushed back and whatever else because they were designing some sort of um new way of telling a story some branching path thing that like only levine could do and then there was a report from kotaku that he's had a lot of prototyping and he's thrown a lot of stuff out i know he said in interviews that he's a perfectionist he wants to get it right and it's just like 
at some point commit to some. I know they've shown a lot more of it yeah, off now, but it just like, it does just ultimately look like another Bioshock after all of this time. I was I'm so worried when they were talking about this branching narrative stuff. It's just like don't do that. Bioshock <laughs> One was sold on the strength of being a linear story with you making moral decisions along the yes. way that didn't actually impact the plot outside of that stitched on good and bad ending mm-hmm. and. As a result, it's a much stronger thing because you are basically sticking to one story and telling it well. Totally, man. It's like Last of Us. It's like commit to Joel killing the surgeon to get Ellie. Yeah. That puts us in yeah. in the shoes. That all like you know. Let's, that's a way more interesting thing. I feel like gaming had that big uh, moral choice era in the mid two thousands, where like even GTA four had the choices. Oh, you're going to kill the guy. You're not going to kill him. And it's just like sure, but like things will stick with us more if we all see the same story and have certain permutations within it. Um, but yeah, I think for me, the most uh, overlooked game. I'm, I'm always going to go. See Singularity. Yeah. Um, it's like it's from Raven Software. It was one of the last things they did before they got subsumed by the Call of Duty machine. Um, and it's just not available anywhere. But it's a phenomenal, time bendy, really cool twist at the end, first person shooter. Um, and I can't recommend it enough. Hopefully, eventually, Microsoft put it or game uh, Xbox put it on Game Pass um, because it is. It should be part of their Activision acquisition. It's just that they've not made it available. I can say that one of my um, underrated games of the last few years that I just wish more people had played was um, uh, Bleak Sword DX. Uh, I'm having such a fun time with that game. It's like a sort of like Game Boy pixel sprite adventure style game where you just got to survive each of these tiny little levels. <laughs> okay. It's really fun, really well thought out. Made, uh, published by uh, Devolver Digital. Really, really good. Oh, okay. Really, really good game. Devolver have got that um, Pepper Grinder or whatever coming out oh, soon as well. that's great. That looks really, yeah. really fun, actually. I feel like they, I mean, we said it before, but like they're like the A24 of gaming. Like they're just going in and yeah. picking just cool projects and putting money into that. Um, yeah, Devolver's on a bit of a run. Um, question from Dazamax who says, Aloha, given your fatigue with the MCU, what are the odds that you become re-engaged with Deadpool 3? Also, who would you want to see take over the mantle of Wolverine from Hugh Jackman? That's a that's a very good question because I don't know if there's been another like person who suited Wolverine more than no. Hugh Jackman. Uh, Maybe a I, new person. I genuinely have no idea who I would want to replace him because I can't think of anyone who has the comedic timing of Hugh Jackman, mm. has the physicality and presence of him, and let's face it, just kind of looks like him, <laughs> like how yeah, I'd imagine I, him to look. <laughs> I wonder what because th- have you seen the Deadpool three trailer? I have, and it's all right. Like you know. yeah, I, I feel like I have the same problems with. Deadpool 3 that I did with Deadpool 2 which is like hey hey kids we're going to do lots of swearing aren't we yeah. get, we're going to be the most quotable thing around your playground like it's it's <laughs> that's I, borderlands to me yeah yeah no, no I totally understand I totally understand and yeah. maybe it's just because I have a high level of cynicism looking at the uh, I- the film industry that mm. I just look at things like that and just see it for what it is rather than what I potentially should be seeing it is which is just Imagination and joy and silly expression and oh, I think it's song. very, very corporate. I mean, it's very like how do we, how do we save this thing? Like, yeah. let's let's bring in all the fan favorites. Like the bit when they brought in uh, X Men nineteen ninety sevens uh, Xavier is yeah. in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, yeah, the multi the Doctor Strange one. Yeah, that was just so ugly. Like that yeah. was just so. And then Patrick Stewart said later that he recorded those scenes in his bedroom with a with a back green screen thing, which is and was just nuts. Thrown in like there's no charm to any of it. It's very just how do we manipulate the audience? How do we make you care? Um, I quite like Ryan Reynolds, so I think there's like there is like a charm from him like I'm not sick of him yet and so like it has made me go like oh I'll probably see this stu- I'll probably see your stupid thing Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm so done with the MCU but I am curious what you've got there and it, to me it's not really the Wolverine pull like seeing them in the old costumes I know exactly what they're doing which parts of my brain they're trying to engage yeah. but I do I quite like Ryan Reynolds I do like his Deadpool I wasn't that bothered about Deadpool 2 but like I'm, I'm there to yeah. see at least what they've come up with I, I, I really enjoyed Deadpool 1 let them mm-hmm. like for the record and Deadpool yeah. 2 
I still had a very good time with. I just felt that it was kind of let down by a story that was it ambled its way through because it was yeah. like, uh, what are we trying to do? It feels like we're just trying to stitch comedy skits together here mm-hmm. with action. And I think that if we go for this again, then we're going to be like, oh, well, <laughs> this definitely is a film that's, that you would look at for substance. And well, but then maybe like, that's not a that's not a terrible thing. I mean, the Fast no, and Furious have been trading on that for bloody decades now. Hey, The Rock threw a missile at a submarine. I was there he for did. it. He did. It was Indeed. a good time. Yes. But I feel like, yeah, this thing is going to be, we've just, we've fractured open the multiverse. How many different people can we reference? Like Josh Brolin, who's Thanos, was Cable in Deadpool 2. Which so I I'm did like, enjoy. Does he meet I, himself? Yeah, I did enjoy that, to be fair. I think that his yeah. portrayal of Cable was probably the saving grace of the entire film because yeah. he was just, you need a straight man. And mm-hmm. he was perfect to just rein things back in when they <laughs> needed to. So it was quite good. We'll see how it goes. And as long as uh, we I get feel... more to see more of Domino as well. Like I, I, I want mm. Domino to come back just because she was uh, the highlight of that film. I think you'll get everything and everyone. Yeah. Because this this thing was one of the movies that was reported that you know it's it didn't it didn't stop during the writer's strike. They just kept going and kept going, yeah. which as, means assumedly that they've had to do a bunch of Patrick Stewart type drop in scenes to do some sort of multiverse thing or whatever it is. Um, because they mentioned the TVA in the trailer, which is like the time authority. I hate all that stuff now, yeah, but like you yeah. know, we'll see how it comes together. Um, question from Andy Taylor who says welcome back Jules hope you two legends are doing well Thank as someone much. who has never really played Final Fantasy just started with Final Fantasy 16 do you think the rebrand of Final Fantasy 7 is better for Final Fantasy newcomers to start with or not would love your thoughts keep up the amazing work um, yeah this whole thing like yes. did you ever get around to playing 7 Remake um, I did yeah 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 it's, it's just like I, I find this one a real tough one because you and I are huge diehard Final Fantasy 7 fans mm-hmm. so when we're playing the remakes, we can appreciate the changes that have gone into it. And I wonder if our experience is better because we know what's about to happen or should happen in hmm. this scene and mm-hmm. how it's been upended, changed, modernized, or is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And it's like going through like a sense of appraisal. If I was going to this for the first time, there are certain scenes where there's almost like these pauses where they almost like are going to look at the camera and be like, remember this bit from the original? Yeah. But because you haven't played it, you'll be like, well, I don't know why this is important. Like, who's I this just... person's name? They keep re- mentioning this person's name and I have no idea who this is. Yeah, my thing is, like, I'm ch- I'm too familiar with the source material. Like, I played mm. through Final Fantasy VII, like, only a few years ago, like, in prep for the remake. But, like, I... I yeah, you know, I play through it quite a lot, and I just I can't help but notice the bloat. I can't help but notice how stretched out the story is. Yeah. To me, none of the changes have been worthwhile in terms of me going like, "Well, I'm glad they added that." I'm not. I'm I'm always just like, "You're stretching this out and adding a whole bunch of filler." Like even in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth demo, there's a hoovering section. You do it like three times where yeah. you go hoover up the Mako, and yeah. it's like, "What is this? What are you doing? <laughs> like, why have you put this in here?" And it's like things like that. I can't help but notice that stuff, and then. And like yeah, when I when I directly compare scenes like the Nibelheim se- uh, sequence with Sephiroth, mm-hmm. infinitely better in the original. I, I'm probably just too close to the source material, which is why I didn't like the Last of Us TV show because I'm yeah. like this was done better and so much better that this different version of it is just not for me. I feel like it's a real shame as well because Square Enix are they should and could quite easily just put out a Final Fantasy 7 remastered edition mm. that isn't a mobile gacha game because <laughs> that was our big problem wasn't it is that oh, we, yeah, we, you and I got hyped for them announcing that 
version of Final Fantasy VII for initially. It, yeah. it was a mobile port, wasn't it? Or, or it is now. You have to think. So they initially said like, "Oh God, the trailer was like another chance for a remake," and, and I was they showed so like excited because it just yeah, was like, like, "Oh, fine, models. fantastic! You put like better looking graphics in. It's the same story. Let's mm-hmm. go." But then mm-hmm. you said that there was tons of extra horror. No, that that mobile thing is the full on multiversal. Every character is valid in every situation. Mm-hmm. Pay for the skins. Pay for the characters. Uh, it's that thing. But it's all canon, apparently. So, yeah. That's a real shame because I feel like if they'd nailed that, then people could just go back through, play that, and then come mm. back and do Final Fantasy VII uh, remakes. I, mm-hmm. I think that they've been so clear in stating that this new continuity is the new continuity now. Well, that- they've they've said, like, it's a reimagining. Because there was a thing, there's a recent interview, I forget who um, Tetsuya Nomura was talking to, but it's like you have the original Final Fantasy VII, and then Advent Children is a sequel to that, and then all of this new stuff is a reimagining of the whole whole thing yes. so like they kind of all exist in one big timeline but they're all in separate universes or whatever mm. and you can argue that we're in a different universe at the the way remake goes anyway yeah true so I don't know but ultimately if you're asking me what should you play first play the original play the original Final Fantasy 7 I, I, I get that the graphics are blocky but the story is so much better paced and some of the like the reveal of Sephiroth is phenomenal things like that um, there's a kind of haunting PS1 horror quality to a lot of the areas in yeah, 7 yeah, yeah. Um, and it has that like late 90s industrial feel that a lot of PS1 games had like Resident Evil 2 and whatever and that's just a quality that is not in the new one at all yeah um, it's funny isn't yeah. it because it's like I, know, I remember walking through some areas and and just being like, wait, this is actually quite pleasant looking. Yeah. And I remember it being like an absolute <laughs> scumbag. Like for, the, for like the, I would walk through and be like, oh my God, it's so grimy and gritty. There's like yeah. smoke pouring out of every vent and it's seeping. It's like a wound on the earth. And here it's totally. kind of like, doesn't actually look like a bad place to live actually. It's right, no? it's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the way that they do like the um, the underbelly of the reactors in the original mm. seven, like you said, like it's, it's all grimy and horrible and they, they go for it. But when you're making beautiful 4K visuals that need to hold up an entire publisher there's yeah. only so much grime you can get in there yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I just think the story like, the thing is like you're you're not going to do yourself a disservice playing through the original because everything in remake is either a reimagining as we go along the journey of them rolling the installments out um, or it's a direct sequel to me it seems like a sequel based on the way that remake ends but I guess we'll see what happens in rebirth but then mm-hmm. you also have the, the creators being like oh it's a reimagining don't worry about it so like I don't know, but I would say I'd go with the originals. I don't think you can mess with yeah, other I, than the, uh, some of the translation errors. There's a couple yeah. of plot points that are a bit mistranslated, but overall, it's better. I'd agree. It's just hard to tell somebody to go out there and spend another hundred hours before they can play another hundred hours. Well, like, it's not. <laughs> it's not too bad. Like it's if I mean if you play the ones that are re-released, you've got the boosts. You can turn off random encounters. True. You can turn up the if you want to just get through and just see the story and get through it. Um, you could probably blitz Final Fantasy VII in like twenty hours, twenty-five. Mm, mm, mm. Um, it's not too bad uh, with all the different help and stuff that they've put in there. Final question from Tarnished Yas, who says the Deadly Duo. What is your go-to <laughs> game for a quick gaming session? I wanted to play. For an hour or two, but most of my games require a massive time sink, so I'd love some recommendations. Is this just a curse of current games being too bloated? Stay uh, well and awesome as always. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree with you. There's been a few games that are on my back catalogue that I'm looking at going, I just don't have the time to invest into it at the moment. Mm. Like at the moment, I'm playing through on Live and Let's Dice um, weekly installments for as much as I can make them of mm. uh, the. Uh, Warhammer 40 Code Rogue Trader, and it was mm. only after about sort of like 10 hours into that game, I was like, oh. 
my God, this game is long. <laughs> this game is going to take up my entire year effectively playing it. Right. But that's fine because I've given it the time and that's the mm-hmm. slot that I can play in. <laughs> but in between those, I'm looking for sort of more sort of like immediate pick up and play. Show me the um, the mechanics and let's go. Mm-hmm. So I'm playing through Valkyria Chronicles on the Switch at the moment, Shall. which is uh, very, very fun because it's like the battles last between 30 to 45 minutes. So it means you can basically go through the story, do one battle. That's then a you... hefty session. I was thinking five minute jokes. Oh, no, they're, they're, quite, they're quite big battles. Um, yeah. the, best, the benefit is you can save them. You can drop out, drop in sort of thing. And like mm-hmm. I basically went for I'm getting the train over to Bath to go into the office. I basically like get to do two or three missions and then get off the train sort of thing, mm. which is quite nice. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also playing Chance of Sonar, uh, mm-hmm. which is very, very That's good. That's great. Very, yeah. very good game. But the one mm-hmm. that I'd recommend for just sort of a quick pick up and play at the moment is uh, Little Guardsman. I'm playing that. Uh, it's very, very fun. It got released in January, I believe. It was, okay. it was, it was quite, uh, it's quite a recent title. And uh-huh. it's for fans of... Um, People who liked Papers, Please, and Oh, this also, is what you sent me a little screen grab of yesterday. Yeah, Night yeah. in the Woods. Um, mm-hmm. It's really, really fun. It's just like a silly comedy game in which you are playing as a young guardsman, hence the name, and mm. uh, your dad has gone and left you uh, in charge of letting people in or denying them access to the castle. And you've got to, like, uh, ask them questions. You've got to, like, uh, do, like, metal scans on them. You've okay. got to, like, ask them about their business and, like, uh, feed them truth potion serums to make sure that they're actually <laughs> telling you what's what. And it's just really, really fun. Like, That's the weirdest thing, considering how, like, serious and gritty Papers, Please is. But yeah. then game mechanics-wise, I guess we haven't seen a Papers, Please alike since 2014. And, so. and it's, like, it's taken them this long to do. And the, gr- the art style is fantastic. I, I right. think that you could easily just pick this up and just have a whale of a time Shall I think for me uh, I always think of games like I always think of big meaty games and I think of things that bridge the two I think I mentioned this on a different podcast but my bridging game for so long was Rocket League because every little oh, yeah. match is like five yeah. minutes at the minute it's Helldivers 2 but that game's servers are on fire like yeah, I've not know, been able right. to play it all week because you just cannot get in the curse of popularity man it's crazy yeah. isn't it like they and, said, and good um, for them the good CEO for them. put another uh, tweet out this morning saying that they're gonna they've upped the server cap to like um, 750,000 which is like twice what it is at the minute so maybe this weekend it'll actually be playable but it was busy like it was way too busy last weekend i'm just uh, it's amazing for a studio like that to get such a huge boost in popularity like this Mm -hmm. has put them in the map uh, on the map and if they keep their heads and don't go down the microtransaction or <laughs> NFT or whatever crazy route yeah. it is to make a quick buck, then we could be looking at like an all-timer uh, like party game effectively. So far, the CEO has been on it with, um, they said they're not going to suddenly hire up because they'll have to fire everybody later. They're going to be solid with that stuff. The microtransactions offer fundamentally optional things like yep. cosmetics and stuff. Yep. You can get new weapons, but it's mostly skin based. It's not changing the, how much damage something does or whatever. Um, yeah, they so far seem like they've got their heads screwed on. I mean, the game taken like nine years in development or something yeah. it's like 2015 for the original Helldivers is it a self-published um, title for them or are they running with somebody else Sony published it um, but it's like Arrowhead are independent they haven't been bought yet so it's okay. like assumedly they're banking more of that money but either way like yeah this is easily like his power world was the big the takeoff game of the year this is by far a much bigger success story um, it's ridiculous. always it's always a worry though isn't it whenever you find out who the publisher is or who the big backers are because mm. if they turn the screws and basically say look right okay you've had your fun time now you've got <laughs> (laughs) good reviews let's try and make some money then what are they going to do about it they've kind of got to bow down to it 
Sony just didn't market this thing either. Like it was part of a couple of state of plays and that was it. They were marketing foam stars. They were talking about everything else. And it's like foam stars is dead and feels like it's dead and buried, yeah. even though it plays well enough. And then Helldivers is flying. So like Sony's whole thing about a future of live services, it is kind of these games if they can actually be done well and not rinse you trying to get as much money out it's, of you. It's the rise of the double A, mate. Like I, I, yeah, I honestly yeah. think that this is the time for this uh, uh, to push through into the mainstream more and more and more because mm. we don't need our Call of Duties. We don't need our FIFAs. We don't need these games that are coming in and homogenizing experiences. We need these games that just pop in and just do one thing incredibly well. Like Yeah, yeah. Like I, I honestly I like I don't even want a sequel to Helldivers 2. I, I think that like just just keep the experience <laughs> as, keep it it as it goes. You know what I mean? Like, keep it as a platform. Like make because uh, what was it that they said on the Xbox podcast recently that they're not even looking at consoles and exclusives mm. anymore. They're looking at just like the game. Like yes, yeah. like Fortnite is bigger than anyone. Like yeah, they were saying like certain yeah certain titles will become those platforms which is bigger than a certain console. I think there's a whole conversation there for the likes of how big someone like Nintendo is or whatever. Yeah. But still, like yeah, that idea of um, plugging stuff into Helldivers 2 is kind of like Destiny 2 yeah. and just um, doing right by the people the players who are getting stuck in but yeah that game is by far the biggest success story of the year and like thankfully it's phenomenal like when I've, I played one week it was great and then I've been locked out for a week but that first <laughs> week was great so I'm looking forward to playing a bit more um, anyway this has been the Untitled Banter Podcast I've been your host Scott Tailford that's been Jules Gale indeed I have been thank you very much for having me Scott yeah man if you check on Twitter next week we'll put another question out probably on Thursday we'll see but for now thank you all very much for sending in your questions have a lovely weekend and we'll catch you soon Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.